Hello and welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Haskin, and I have another album review for you guys this week. This time I'm covering Ingve Malmsteen's second album, Marching Out, the first being Rising Force, of course. And this is a good album. Um, I'm not a huge fan of his music. I think that he kind of loses me a little bit in the flashiness. But the first couple albums I really enjoyed. And I wanted to share those with you guys on the show. And the uh, this one came out in 1985. And I don't know exactly when it came into my world, if it was, you know, right in 1985 or sometime thereafter. I know it wasn't too much further later than that because it was when I was still in Michigan and we left in 88. So uh, this is definitely uh, an album that I've known since my early teen years, at least, um, if not maybe when I was 12 or, or 13. So the band is Ingve Malmsteen on guitar, Moog and backing vocals. On lead vocals, we have Jeff Scott Soto. On keyboard, we have Jens Johansson. On drums, we have Anders Johansson. I don't know if they're related. And on bass, we have Marcel Jacob. Uh, interesting that Yngwie would be playing Moog when you have a keyboard player, but you know what? Sometimes that's how it goes, especially when it's your band. You can pretty much do what you want. Uh, but these are all very talented musicians, as we will hear, and I think that we should just dig right in. The first song on here is called Prelude. And that's all you get, because that's all there is. This song actually blends into our next song, I'll See the Light Tonight. But this has, you know, a very long, drawn-out, one-minute intro. Um, I, I think of a prelude as something that sets the scene. So I guess this this classifies as a prelude, but I don't know. It just seems kind of weird to me. It it doesn't have any anything melodic to it or or anything that really sets the tone for the album, except that maybe this is a horror soundtrack. So it's kind of a weird track. But it goes into I'll See the Light Tonight. So let's just get right into that one.
Well, let me start with Ingve's guitar tone. I really like his sound. I think it, it, the sound of his guitar is great. The distortion level is great. I really love what he's getting there. Uh, his high notes, you know, these have to be really clear because he plays so fast that if you, if it's muddy, if it's not sounding well, you're going to miss so much of what he does. And since that's mainly what his band is about, uh, really need that to cut through. And it does very well on this album. I think overall the mix isn't too bad. I could use a little more low end. It seems like the overall mix is just a little bit lackluster for me. It just needs something to enhance it a little bit more. I don't know if it's overall EQ or, or what exactly exactly it is that it's missing i'd have to play with it but it just it's like the power's there but it's the mix is just below how powerful this album could really be but the balance of instruments is there uh for the most part i could use a little more low end that for sure would would help drive it a little bit more um i love the drums i think that the the drums on this album are fantastic uh very tight very creative drummer uh i I really like anders johansson um, bass, it's hard to tell because I don't really think I'm getting the full gist of what the bass is doing. I think the guitar is really driving the song more than anything else. And I think keys are really just kind of thickening things up a little bit. I don't hear a lot specifically going on with the keys in the song. Um, it's a good song, though. I mean, it's got good energy to it. It's This is really the album opener. I mean, the prelude was just a one-minute fade-in, basically. Uh, this is where the album really starts, and I think it sets a really good tone that this is going to be a heavy album. Um, it's going to be a lot of showing off on guitar because that's you know that's what Yngwie does. Uh, but I think that this, this level of showing off is about right for me. It's about as far as I like to take it. Anything beyond that just starts to seem a little too self-indulgent for me. I don't care how many notes you can play quickly. I care about how the song makes me feel. And the solo is such an important part of that. That's why I really prefer guitar players like Michael Shanker, um, who, who writes that line um, not to the point Ingbe does most of the time, but he can push it a little bit. Uh, Richie Blackmore, Steve Morse, you know, guys that can really play and make you feel something in their solo, not just be really flashy and say, you know, this is a rock song. I'm going to play a bunch of notes and it's going to play them really fast. And I, I don't know. That's I've never been a big fan of that as a guitarist. Mick Box is another one who I really love the way he solos. He's um, a, even a little bit more laid back than, say, Richie or Steve Morse, who are a little more aggressive, I think, in a lot of their solos for the most part. I mean, Mick does come out uh, and and really kind of shows off every once in a while. But I, I don't think there's a single solo in any song that I reviewed from Uriah Heep, which was every one of them except for the new album so far. Uh, where I thought, you know, he kind of crossed the line on that for me, or he was too self-indulgent on that. I, I never, ever felt that way. At least not that I recall. And I'm sure it would stand out if I did. Uh, so, I mean, Ingve's just a little bit flashy for my taste, but I love his riffs. I, I love the the ideas that he comes up with for songs. Um, I love the layering that he does on guitar. It's just, you know, he just throws in too much for me. I think for it, it, it kind of detracts from the song more than enhances it for me. And if a solo doesn't enhance the song for me, it's not doing its job. But that's what you get with Ingbe. I mean, it's, you, you know, once you know who he is and you decide to listen to something of his, you know, that's probably what you're going to get. So you kind of have to take that as I asked for it. Um, and, and that's fine, you know. Um, but I, I really like I'll See the Light tonight. I think it's a great song. I'm sure this was fantastic on stage. It might have been an opener. I don't know. But it's a very powerful song. I, I really dig it. Uh, the next one up is called Don't Let It End.
very rare that I say an album's got filler tracks because I, I tend to think that every song is on the album for a reason belongs there. But there are times where I'm just like, you know, the song just does nothing for me. And this is one of them, honestly. I mean, it's it's okay, but there's nothing exciting about it. There's nothing dramatic on it. Uh, it does it does come in with a good tempo. I think um, it's a good mid tempo rocker, but there's just there's just no spark in the song for me. I'm I'm sad to say. I don't want to you know steer anyone else away from it. Check it out. Decide for yourself by all means. Please do. Uh, I, I'm not somebody who likes to you know uh, deter people from giving a song a chance. I can only say that for me, this is one I skip over every time because there's just there's there's no life in it for me. It's it's just kind of there. So we'll move past that onto one of my absolute favorite Yngwie songs, uh, both as a, as a fan of music and, and as a drummer, especially. Uh, I have learned in more recent years, though, that when I used to play this on drums, I completely misjudged what the drums were actually doing. And now that I'm you know, listening through better headphones through, you know, in the studio and everything, and I can really get some clarity on music, plus, you know, you get remastered versions and things, this it's so much more clear how how much is actually going on. And if no song would give me a reason to have respect for Anders Johansson, I have to say as a drummer, this one absolutely does. He, he's fantastic on this song. Maybe his best performance on the album. Um, Jeff Scott Soto, I don't know if I'd said it earlier, but he kind of reminds me on some of these songs um, of Gary Barden a little bit from Michael Schenker Group. But I think with a little bit more range, I think he certainly uses his ranges a little bit more. But he has that same sort of, you know, gritty voice and uh, has a really good mid-range. Uh, I think he's a really good singer. You know, I think he suits this music well, I'll, I'll say. But let's get into a little bit of Disciples of Hell.
Okay, so let's let's talk about the drums real quick. I love that broken double bass beat. I think that is so cool to just have that one that you leave off, like like you have to reset the beat every couple measures. Uh, I really dig that. I think it's so cool to not just play straight double bass through that. Um, I can't remember how I played it now. I, I'm sure there's a recording of it somewhere that I'll have to go back and listen to, but I don't recall breaking up the bass drums like that. I'm pretty sure I used to play that straight through. Um, but I like that. I like the controversy or not controversy, but contradiction really of the, uh, fact that the ride symbol is only being played on the quarter note, that it's not like a hard bell or anything. It's really just a ping, which kind of counterbalances that heavy driving double bass drum part. Uh, it's, it's a real interesting way of doing things. I, I really like that. Um, there's also a, a, you know, a, a section where the vocals kind of talk with some flange on it. And I like what he's playing in that. There's some nice subtleties in there. Uh, guitar wise, this is a really cool song for Ingve. I think the, the riff is, it's complicated for most people. It's probably fairly simple for Ingve, but it's, it's got a lot to it, but it moves at the same time. It's not so complicated that you just get caught up and, and stuck in it. It actually moves very, very well. Um, great vocal. Absolutely great vocal from Jeff Scott Soto on this one. Um, you can hear the keys on this one a little bit more. So we get to hear Jens Johansson featured a little bit more in this song than we have previously. Um, I'm still not hearing a lot of bass, so I, I, I'm kind of bummed by that. Maybe I should go and see if there's a remastered version that, or, or a remixed version would be better um, that has you know maybe a little bit better balance to it. But um, yeah, this is a cool song. I loved playing this one. Um, I love listening to it. Even now, I, I think there's so much to it. Definitely, if you're a fan of this kind of music, this is a song. If if you haven't, if you're not going to check out any other song on the album, this would be the one I would say you definitely want to make sure that you hear because uh, it's it's just a banging song. And that's uh, that's enough about that one. That leads us to our next one, which we're going to slow things down a little bit. But uh, this is another one on this album I absolutely love. It's probably the best vocal for me on the whole album. And it's just got a great feel to it. And it's called I Am a Viking.
Yeah, I love this song. I think it's got such a great feel to it. I love that it's a little bit slower of a tempo, especially coming after Disciples of Hell. But the vocal on this is just killer. That line, uh, as the shores of my home disappear, which start the chorus, I love that line. It's such a visual, uh, you know, thinking about watching your home as it just kind of disappear as you're starting your journey. You don't know when you're going to see it again. You got things to do. Um, but there's just that element of, feeling distant and far away from your comfort, you know? Um, but it's a really cool song. Another, you know, I actually, uh, this is another self-indulgent solo, but I, I have to say, I actually like this one. Um, I think maybe it's just cause I'm used to it, but it's just got a good feel to it. I think it is, you know, it, it is the usual, let's throw a ton of notes in here, kind of Ingve solo, but I actually like this one for some reason. It just, it just works for me. You know, and that's going to happen from time to time. I mean, not every fast solo is going to be something I'm going to not like. I mean, some of them will work, and this is one of them. But overall, the feel of the song, it's got some good parts in it. I love the guitar riffs. I can actually hear the bass in this one a little bit more. Um, so I think this probably has the best mix of any song on the album. Uh, it's a cool song. Definitely a cool song. So uh, our next song in the middle of the album. So there's 11 songs on it. This is song six and it's called Overture 1383. So you put your overture, which is supposed to give you an idea of what the songs on the project are going to be in the middle of the album when you've already heard half the songs. I, there you are. Okay, so the first, like, what, 40 seconds was pretty cool, kind of uh, felt like a different or an alternative version of Disciples of Hell. I thought, I couldn't remember this song, so I thought maybe this really is some kind of middle of the album overture where we're going to get a little taste of everything. But no, it just it just continues on this sort of um, classical path for a, another minute and a half and just fades out. It's, it's, it, to me, it's just another throwaway track. It's kind of pointless. I think it had a lot of potential. But it just didn't really go anywhere for me. So again, you know, check it out, form your own opinion. But for me, it's there's a, probably a reason I skip it. Um, our next song is called Anguish and Fear. Clearly, this album is all about love.
This one's okay. Um, it's got some good parts in it. There's a really nice keyboard uh, and guitar part in the solo that I, I think is pretty cool. It's a good up-tempo song. And uh, especially coming out, out after that overture, we need something to kind of, you know, get us going again. Because I think that really just killed the momentum of the album, to be honest. Uh, but it's a cool song. I mean, there's there's vocally, it's just pretty straightforward. I don't think there's anything really spectacular on it. I, I do like Jeff's voice on this, but I don't think that the that, you know, there's like really no range or anything that I recall in it being especially, you know, amazing. It's just a good performance. Um, again, can't really, we're back to me really not being able to hear the bass very well. So can't really speak on that. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, Mark Jacob is, or I'm sorry, Marcel Jacob is a good bass player because he wouldn't be in Ingve's band if he wasn't. I mean, he just, it, it certainly wouldn't come back. I don't know if he's on the next album or not, but uh, he certainly wouldn't be invited back. That's for sure. Uh, Ingve is very much like Richie in that if he if he's not working out, bye. I, no qualms about getting rid of people. But uh, I mean, it's it's a decent song. It's it's not one I skip all the time. It's one I sometimes will because I don't remember it well enough, I guess. But it's pretty decent, I would say, uh, worth a spin for sure. Uh, and that brings us to our next track. This is track number eight out of eleven, on the run again. What do you keep doing that you need to go on the run? That's not normal. This is another one I think is a decent song, but really, again, just feels like another song. I don't really feel a lot of energy in it. Um, the tempo is good. Uh, you know, the performances and everything are good, but I'm just kind of like, it just it just doesn't really do much for me. It's kind of a plain song. Um, there's another section in here, like there was in Disciples of Hell, where things kind of break down a little bit. And then there's some flange on the vocals, only they're singing instead of talking. But it's it's just like, okay, we've already heard that on this album. Um, so yeah, just, you know, another song that doesn't particularly spark any interest from me. It's not a bad song, but not particularly exciting. It's like if if I were playing this album while I was cleaning the house, I probably wouldn't go over to the iPod and hit skip. I'd probably let it play out. But if I was in the car and I was just driving down the highway listening to this album, I would hit skip. That's kind of where I'm at on it. Obviously, there's a big difference on how lazy I am when I have to walk over to the iPod as opposed to just sitting there having it within reach. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me. Actually, I do. Um, so our next song on the list is called Soldier Without Faith. And you know what? This one has a really long intro that's a little, you know, almost a minute. So if I just play that, then you're not going to get to hear the actual song part. So I'm going to just skip ahead to where the song really kind of starts.
This is a pretty cool song. I mean, there's there's already so much of that. I'm just going to keep playing a riff and just do some drum fills and break and a drum fill and break and a drum fill and break while the song gets warmed up. Um, you know, I heard it enough on this album already by this point. I think that that feel is getting a little bit tired. Um, I like the chorus on this, especially. I think that's really cool. The whole got to get out of here part. Um, there's a part of this that just reminds me of the riff of marching out. It's not quite the same, but it has that I don't know. There's just something about the chunky feel of it that reminds me of that. Um, it's a long song. It's over six minutes. And I think it really could have been cut down to three and a half or, or four, probably. It's, you know, it does get a little self-indulgent again, as, as we've talked about many times on this album. But it's not over the top. Like, it's 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 Ingbe, but he doesn't get too crazy. I mean, it, I think that this is one of those ones that just works for me a little bit better. I just think the song is a little bit too long because it's... It's good, but it's again, it's not incredibly exciting, but it does have some cool parts to it that that I really like. Um, so that brings us to Caught in the Middle, track 10. <laughs> this is another pretty good song. Um, not a, a huge favorite, but I don't dislike it. It's got some good parts to it. There's another, you know, another k- keyboard and guitar exchange in it when we get to the solo section, much like one of the other songs. But it's it's pretty cool. The, there's a lot of good keyboards on this song that you can hear. Um, don't really, they don't stand out in all of the songs, but this is one that I think features keyboards pretty well. Um, you know, again, bass is kind of iffy, but there's some cool riffs in it. Um, it does move at a pretty good pace. And I do get a little spark of energy out of it. Not a huge one, but a little bit of a spark of energy. This comes in uh, at about four minutes and 20 seconds. That's probably about right for this song. Uh, If it had gone any longer, they would have to come up with more parts. The only thing that seems out of balance are the the floor toms um, are a little bit loud in conjunction to the rest of the kit. But apart from that, it's it's pretty decent. Not not too bad at all. It's, It's you know, it's one that I listen to. Uh, now that brings us to our final track, the title track of the album, Marching Out.
you know, what makes me sad about this track is the way that it comes in with that killer opening. You think you're going to get a really good, heavy, powerful rock song to end this album with. And what you get is this. And it just does this for a while and fades out. Uh, it's a little over three minutes and it the song just goes nowhere. I mean, it's to me, it's just another track like Overture 1383. It just kind of does nothing. It starts off really cool and goes nowhere. In fact, the setup is almost exactly the same. It's a very disappointing end to the album, but I really like the, the opening to it. I think that would have been a good song if they had continued that on as a rock song. But this, I don't even know where they're going with it. Um, kind of waste of space on an album when you've got such a great singer if, and you're not going to write incredible instrumentals, then you're really just kind of wasting space on the album. I mean, this album could easily be seven or eight tracks and been a really strong album. I mean, the songs that I like make it a strong album for me. And that's why I wanted to talk about it. But there's just, I don't know, there is a lot of just filler and go nowhere stuff on this one that I really think it's a shame because I think Yngwie is a talented writer. I think he's got a lot of great ideas. He's a great riff writer, um, you know, has a lot of talent. But there's just stuff on this album that I'm like, I, I don't know if he had a producer and didn't listen or if the producer wasn't a good producer. But I don't know, there's just some stuff on this album that, is really unnecessary as as it goes. It's just undeveloped. I think, you know, a song like this, I think could have been absolutely killer if it had been developed as a rock song. And maybe this section that we just heard could have been like a breakdown in the middle of it somewhere or a solo section or something. But, you know, just like in the middle of a rock song to to break it up a little bit. But that's not what we're getting. We're just getting that and it fades out. Uh, I will say I love the sound of Ingve's solo guitar on this one, the, the part that we were just listening to there, that is fantastic. I, I really like the quality of what I'm hearing from his guitar. Um, but I, I just feel that the writing just kind of like, hey, we've got a good idea. We don't know what to do with it. So let's just make it an instrumental and kind of fade it out after a couple of minutes. Uh, just so, so underdeveloped. But that's just my opinion. Think, uh, you know, take a listen to it. See what you think, because you may really enjoy it. Maybe I'm missing something or maybe it just doesn't suit my taste. Um, it could be something that you absolutely love. So give it a chance. Give every song on the album a chance. Uh, you know, I'm all about that, regardless of how I feel. Like I said earlier, um, I don't want to sway you into not checking something out. And you guys know I'm pretty positive, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to like everything. So that's why on the Rolling Stones episode, I only selected certain tracks. But for this, you know, there's 11 tracks on the album. Of course, I'm going to give them all a spin. Um, but that's pretty much it for Ingve Malmsteen marching out his second album. God, it's hard to believe how long some of these albums have been in my life when I really sit down and think about it. Um, pretty amazing, actually. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I wonder uh, how that's going to feel as I get older, you know, like another 10 years, like, God, 10 more years that I've known this album and listened to it so many times in my life, or at least certain songs on it. Pretty crazy. But anyway, I hope you guys have a great week. We'll see you next week with another album review. Take care, guys. Cheers. Cheers.